Hello, you're listening to Maghreb and Past and Present Podcasts, a space dedicated to history, art, culture, politics, sociology, anthropology, and many other topics. This episode was recorded on July 28th, 2022, at the Tangier American Legation Institute for Moroccan Studies. In this podcast, we welcome Dr. Doyle Calhoun to speak on his research as a grantee of the American Institute for Maghreb Studies, entitled Narrative Subversions, Unnatural Narration, and an Ethics of Engagement in the Work of Mahi Bin Bin. Dr. Doyle Calhoun is currently Assistant Professor of Language and Culture Studies at Trinity College in Connecticut. He received his PhD in French from Yale University, where he was an affiliate of the Yale Council on African Studies. Prior to Yale, he completed a master's in linguistics at KU Leuven in Belgium, where he was also a Fulbright research grantee. Dr. Calhoun's research and teaching focuses on the literatures and cinemas of Africa and the Caribbean, especially Senegalese literature in French and Wolof. Working at the intersection of literary criticism, history, media, studies, and decolonial theory, Dr. Calhoun shows how aesthetic forms provide alternatives to dominant colonial and post-colonial scripts. He has published over a dozen articles in journals such as Research in African Literatures, French Studies, and 19th Century French Studies, and his work is forthcoming from PMLA. His public-facing writing has appeared in Public Books and the Sydney Review of Books, and in 2021, he received the Ralph Cohen Prize from New Literary History for the best essay by an untenured scholar. His first book project, The Suicide Archive, Reading Resistance in the Wake of French Empire, turns the difficult topic of suicidal resistance into one worthy of analysis, attention, and interpretation. Beginning in the 18th century and working through the 21st century, from the time of slavery to the so-called Arab Spring, the Suicide Archive covers a broad geography that stretches from Guadeloupe and Martinique to Senegal, Algeria, Morocco, and Tunisia, and draws on an expansive corpus of literature, film, oral history, and archival materials to plot a long history of suicide as a political language in extremists. So welcome, Dr. Calhoun Doyle. Thank you for joining us. Let's start with some orientation. How did you choose this rather difficult and unusual topic? Suicide. Suicide is resistance. Thanks so much for having me, and um, I'm grateful to Ames for the support of my research and for allowing me to be here in Tangiers. This topic concretely came about through research that I was doing in Senegal, initially on the filmmaker and author Ousmane Semben. Semben is known as the father of African cinema. He was one of the first directors from Sub-Saharan Africa. And his first feature-length film, La Noir Deux, which often is translated as Black Girl in English, it's an iconic black and white film that was produced in the 60s, shortly after Senegalese independence, and it centrally depicts the suicide of the protagonist. And so this film I had been working on for a while and interested in it both as a piece of visual art, but then also as a kind of work that told us something about the history of colonization and decolonization in Senegal. What I found really fascinating about this work is that the criticism around it tended to tiptoe around the suicide and to frame it in terms that were often Eurocentric and that ignored or bracketed a long history of suicidal resistance in Senegal. One of the most famous examples being the collective suicide of the women of Indere, when an entire village committed suicide in the 19th century to resist enslavement. So I was interested in bringing some of these local intertexts back into an analysis of the work, and that's really where this project began with Senegalese literature and cinema. 
And from there, I wanted to chart a longer history, one that started in the 17th and 18th centuries in the context of French slavery in the Caribbean, and one that ended, um, or rather kind of continued through the self-immolation of Mohamed Bouazizi in Tunisia. And so between these two poles, suicide under slavery and contemporary suicide, self-immolation and suicide bombing as contemporary phenomena, the Suicide Archive charts sort of a long history of suicide as a kind of political language. So moving from this broad line, let's go specifically into Morocco. How does Moroccan and more broadly Maghrebi literature fit into this project? Sure. So the final chapter of the Suicide Archive focuses on suicide bombing and specifically what literature and literary criticism can tell us about suicide bombing and about contemporary violence more generally. And this chapter is focused on the work of Mahi Bin Bin, a Moroccan writer born in Marrakesh and who wrote a novel, Les Etoiles de Sidi Moumen, the, the Stars of Sidi Moumen, also translated as The Horses of God, which is a fictionalized account of the 2003 Casablanca bombings. And it was published in 2010, so in the wake of another series of suicide bombing attacks in 2007. And what I found really powerful about Bin Bin's novel is that it does everything that official discourses around suicide bombing tell us not to do. It seeks to understand the suicide bomber, it narrates his experience in the first person, and it sort of opens up these closed discursive circuits around suicide bombing, around radicalism, around contemporary violence that often we're told to look away from or that are taboo. And I think that's one of the things that interests me more broadly in Bean Bean's work is this sort of ethical engagement with issues that can be really complicated and difficult politically, but that he finds a way through literary forms to address and to open up. So for those who don't know him, tell us a little bit more about Mahi Bin Bin, his bio, his oeuvre, how you came to be interested in what you find in his work. Uh, Bin Bin is really interesting. He's a visual artist as well as an author. He was born in 1959 in Marrakesh, which was only a few years after the French protectorate ended, and he grew up under the reign of Hassan II. Um, he initially studied to be a mathematician in France and then decided to dedicate himself to painting, sculpture, and writing. He's now published 10 novels. Um, his most recent just came out in May, Mon Frère Fontaine, My Phantom Brother. And he has also produced an immense corpus of visual art, both sculpture and painting, that's exhibited in museums across the world, including many in Morocco. Bin Bin's brother, Aziz Bin Bin, is also noteworthy. His brother published one of the most important testimonies of internment at Tazma Merit Prison, where he was held for almost 18 years. And this experience, the nearly two decades long internment of his brother is also a theme in Bin Bin's own work and something you can trace across his oeuvre. In addition to being a writer then, he's also a visual artist. Can you tell us a little bit more about his work? Sure. So Mahi works with a range of materials and across different media. So um, he creates paintings often that are multimedia using materials such as wax or fabric, natural pigments, um, but he's also a sculptor. I think one of the things that I find interesting about his work is the kind of constant motif of twinning or doubling. Many of his paintings especially show figures, human figures that are entwined or twinned or inextricably connected. And this is something too that I think is maybe indicative of his twin projects or passions, his visual art and his writing. 
but also uh, something that we can also trace in his writing in the sense that many of his characters are doubled or twinned. Um, his most recent novel, just to give an example, is actually narrated by two consciousnesses inhabiting the same body. So we see this kind of preoccupation with doubling and doubleness throughout his visual and literary work. So to return to your title, what's an unnatural narrative? Can you give us a few examples? Um, Unnatural narrative is a term that is used to refer generally to a subset of fictional narratives, ones that defy logical or physical principles. And so I'm borrowing here from Jan Albers' work on unnatural narrative. Um, examples of this might be a narrator who is dead or unborn or an inanimate object. You might think of the Anglophone world, examples like Sunset Boulevard, where the narrator is dead at the beginning of the film and then narrates his experience and death through an extended flashback. Or something like Alice Siebold's novel, uh, The Lovely Bones, which is narrated by the victim of a murder and rape. So I'm especially interested in this kind of trend in unnatural narratives. That's to say what Frederick Weinman calls autothanatographic narration. So narrators who narrate from beyond the grave in the first person. Um, Mahi Bin Bin has a range of unnatural narratives, narrators in his work, including in Les Etoiles de City Moumen, which is narrated from the perspective of a dead terrorist after he's exploded himself. But even his first novel, Le Sommet de l'Esclave, The Sleep of the Slave, is unnatural in the sense that it's framed as an extended second person address. Um, so it's a you narrative. But then that gives way to the memories and history of an enslaved woman living in Morocco. In your title, you connect unnatural narrative to subversion and to ethics, rather an ethics of engagement. Can you elaborate a little more on this? Narrative Subversion is this second book project that I am working on and sort of thinking through, which remains very much under construction, is interested in unnatural narratives, not merely because they're interesting formally, but also because I think they have something to tell us about ethics and about the human experience. So the sort of broad argument is that these unnatural or unconventional narrative configurations actually help us to step into the space of the other and to experience difference in a way that other forms, other discourses, such as history, sociology, are not able to do. So this kind of connects to what philosopher Martha Nussbaum calls the narrative imagination, which is to say that literary works actually train our ability to become intelligent readers of other people's stories. And I think in the case of Bin Bin, he's a perfect example. His novels often take the perspective of a figure who is either minoritized or in some way excluded from dominant discourses, whether they be the suicide bomber, or the enslaved woman in the Somme de l'Esclave, or the madman. His sort of attention to these identities, which are often under threat or under erasure in the colonial and post-colonial state, um, I think make an important contribution to the history of unnatural narratives, which historically has also really been inattentive to or uninterested in non-metropolitan literature in French. So I'm especially interested in the contributions of African writers to this genre or this sort of trend of narration. Thank you very much. One final question as we're wrapping up. What next? Where do you anticipate going next? Uh, Either physically or <laughs> with your research? So uh, physically, I'm going back to Casablanca soon and then on to France and then back to the U.S. to start my first job teaching at Trinity College, which I'm very excited about. I'm actually teaching some of these novels that I've talked about today 
in a class called Ghost Stories, which is about possession and haunting as ways of reckoning with colonial violence. So I'm going to teach many undead or dead narrators um, this semester. Um, and then in terms of my research, I've just finished my book manuscript, The Suicide Archive, and I'm slowly wading into this second project, which picks up kind of where the Suicide Archive leaves off with this question of narration and what does unconventional narration do for us. So that's sort of the next thing. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank Dr. you. Doyle Calhoun. Thank you for listening to Maghreb and Past and Present Podcasts. Other episodes are available on our website, www.themaghrebpodcast.com as well as on iTunes and Podbean.